Welcome to the Inexplicable Thoughts Podcast. This is your host, Franklin. Um, very excited to have my co-host for the day. I have Jeremiah to my left, and I have Matthew right in front of me. Um, how you guys doing today? I'm doing well, bro. <laughs> Matt's on demon time tonight, I already know. You know <laughs> boy got a fresh cut, he got the Louis Vuitton chain out, <laughs> teeth glistening. <laughs> He's like, where the hoes? <laughs> you know, maybe it's a little bit. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Hey, four single guys in Chicago would be like that. How were your weeks so far? It was good. I ended up taking Friday off. Um, so it was nice to start the weekend early and just, you know, relax a little bit. Yeah. Oh, it was definitely good, you know, prepping for uh, Martin Luther King Day coming up here on Monday. Um, but a great way to finish out the week. Got to get in on MLK today. That's all I got to say. Um, <laughs> it's only right. You know, MLK was a little kid to generate outside of the civil rights movement. <laughs> He is rumored to be in the streets, so I gotta salute him for the one time. <laughs> Show him that we still be holding it down in 2022, you know. New Year, same shit. <laughs> same me though. Same me though. <laughs> On that Lonzo. That yeah, Lamello. Oh, that Lamello shit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, um, <laughs> I'm excited for this week. Uh, just uh, a lot of uh, positive things to start the year. We're only halfway through. January, and I've been blessed a couple times so far. Um, trying to carry that over into the, the next couple of months here so I can keep things rolling. Um, excited to talk to you guys. Um, we have some stuff that we've been looking forward to all week to discussing. Um, the one that I just, I can't even fathom. I really can't even fathom. Um, I would like to hear your thoughts on the current Drake debacle going on right now in regards to and, and I'll explain for the listeners. Drake was involved in a rumor this past week where he was having fellatio with a young woman. And afterwards, he threw the condom away and she went into the bathroom and tried to pour the, uh, the contents of the condom into her vagina. Um, and was very, very quickly shocked by the fact that Drake supposedly, allegedly had poured hot sauce into the condom to destroy any of his excrements in, in the condom. And she was hurt in the interaction and is now suing Drake. I was, I'm just curious what, what your thoughts are. That is the question. Like, what is she suing for? Um, it seems a little more embarrassing. <laughs> than anything else, yeah. Like, I'd be, I don't want to go into court and have that be recorded. Like, on record, me saying that I tried to impregnate myself and then instead got caught. First of all, like, the thing I immediately thought of was, like, as soon as I bust and throw the condom away, like, doesn't that shit die, like, in the condom? Like, I know there's a short lifespan, but I don't know how short it is, you know what I mean? And I don't know how quickly she was to the punch, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I, have heard, I have heard stories of women attempting this and being successful. Um, Clearly, Drake was coached well. <laughs> yeah. He said it in a song that, like, he literally, like, gets rid of the rubbers after he's done, yeah. which I respect. Yeah. He's like, I've never heard the song. He, he says, um, getting shorties prego. And I was like, you should probably be careful about yeah. that. Like, you already got one baby mama. I would say, oh, like, also, the way he had his kid, like, you know, ever since then, that nigga had to have been moving different. Oh, 100%. But the thing is, though, is, like, if the rumor was true, do you blame Drake? Absolutely not. No. <laughs> she tried to impregnate herself. herself. <laughs> yeah. Like, Under false pretenses. pretenses. Yeah. yeah. I, I also just think, like, I'm asking you guys this question because this is something I, I've, I've had conversations with with my boys. What is your post sex routine 
when you like take the rubber off for the dudes who who do wear condoms in this room. Like, I'm a, I'm gonna start with my own. Like, I'm the definition of as soon as I'm done, I head to the bathroom, take it off, wash my dick, take a piss, and I'm back in the bed with you because I'm like I need to make sure I get this nastiness off me. Like, we just bumped uglies. Like, I'm gonna make sure that everything's smooth, and then like. I take a piss because it's like I don't want to get a UTI. Like I'm very careful yeah. about that because I'm like you are not cashing me slipping. Yeah. Like the moment a chick's like, condom broke, and I'm like, are you on birth control? Yeah. Regardless of what their answer is, if it broke, I'm like, I'm gonna just go ahead and Venmo you that fifty real quick. I'm gonna be honest. Like yeah. I'm gonna roll that way, but just take that fifty. <laughs> go to the CVS yes. real quick. Yeah. <laughs> Handle that. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Like, you want to verify? I. I'm gonna put my faith in you. Like, hmm. end of the day, you know what you gotta do. We both don't want this. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not gonna take care of it. <laughs> I think that's a different question, though. Um, there are definitely some women, I agree, they don't want that. And, you know, people put themselves with those women. There are some women that I think do want that in occasion. And I think, as we see with Drake, she was one of those. That's why she's attempting that. Yeah. I wanna know what, from a visual perspective, what, did she not see the the contents did not look like uh, normal semen? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, the shit would have been red or red, some shit. Yeah, orange, yeah. Dark orange. And she thought at that point it was a good idea, like <laughs> not knowing what it was looking like. Like, I just, oh, I'm not, crazy. I'm also at the point where dudes like Drake in that atmosphere, in that stratosphere, superstar. You shouldn't be in those situations anymore where you have to like vet women like that. Like, dog, like. You know what they look like. <laughs> like. You know what the type look like to be doing that bullshit with you. Like, you should vet those, and your boy should vet those. And I'm almost at the point where, like, as someone who's making decent money at 25, like, I take a lot more caution with the women I get involved with. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, I'm at the point now where, like, I do have something to lose. Yeah. Drake is well beyond me that. Yeah. <laughs> like, he's got a lot to lose. I mean, he got the whole Nike check on his back. He got a whole Toronto Raptors check on his back. Like, you can't keep in- involved. Like, the Houston strippers got to go. <laughs> Houston, Atlanta, Vegas is dead, Drake. You got to let that go. Like, you are not built for that anymore. This man literally, but he, yes, but he ended his last album by talking about how he's a single 35-year-old man in his demon phase. Still. <laughs> I mean, I'm 25 and I'm... Right, that's what I'm saying. Like, he said, that far right, you know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> but like, I've he's met, still out here in these streets, I've bro. I've met these women. Um, we live in Chicago where there are a ton of leeches and mm. creatures out there that will take you for your money. And I have no business getting involved with them. So I, I do my best to weed them out. You know, the riffraff is the riffraff. Yep. Matt's seen me out a couple times. Um, he knows that, you know, some of these degenerates are very accustomed to entertaining <laughs> the riffraff so they feel comfortable approaching a wholesome, quality black man like me. I don't. I go to church still. I, I, I'm, I'm a quality guy. <laughs> Not with the riffraff. <laughs> but uh, I just think that Drake needs to do a better job of differentiating who he should be having sex with because like, this isn't the first time we've heard some wild-ass stories about the woman he gets involved with. And I'm a I'm a I'm an avid fan where his his ex from back in Toronto is the one. Like she is bad, bad. Like he needs to go back and just be like, listen, like I was I was a kid back then. I'm a firm believer. <laughs> he needs to give Georgia a Smith a call back, bro. That's what he needs to do. Who? Georgia Smith. Bro. Never. Yes. Never. He's never getting Georgia back. No, I know. I'm not debating that. I'm just saying <laughs> what the call he needs to be making. I'm not saying it's gonna work. 
I understand why he went crazy on um, what's it called, Scorpion about Georgia because sometimes I see pictures of her and I'm like, ah, he fumbled. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, he really the, fumbled for for sure. I I I don't know how to explain it, but like, there's certain women you just can't lose track of. I think most women, if you're quality, they'll double back. They'll think about it at least once. Um, but in that situation, like she's in a different realm to him. She's like, I can, I can do whatever. I got Drake. Like, yeah. <laughs> like I dubbed that. Again. Yeah, literally, I dubbed. Like, what do you even say after that? Trying yeah. to approach her. Like, I dubbed Drake. Okay, me. But just looking at his track record, I'm just like the decision making behind the woman you associate with when you are a celebrity is something that needs to be taken care of with a serious amount of consideration. Um, and, and that's kind of what we're seeing right now with two situations that, you know, we, we talked about off the pod with, you know, Kodak and then, and now with Kanye and we touched on Kanye briefly on the last pod, but Donda two is coming out. Um, I was a huge fan of Donda one. So I'm looking forward to Donda two, but this whole situation with Julia Fox to me is mad weird, and the whole rollout just feels a little grimy to me. <laughs> what would you guys say is probably the, the downest part of his whole rollout right now with her? The imagery. Um, seeing who's in the room right now is, is definitely concerning, but also just why? Why am I seeing Floyd Mayweather? With Antonio Brown and, yeah. Madonna? Madonna. Random. Yeah. Just dancing? I don't know. I feel like, I mean, it's just... I mean, I think we have all the admiration for Kanye in the world, but at the same time can acknowledge that this is very much so, to me at least, is very much so an ego thing. It's a revenge tour. Like, this is directly aimed at Kim to get her attention. Like, I think he fucks with Julia Fox. I'm sure he does. But I definitely can tell that this is... It was a joke I made earlier before we hopped on. Like, he's doing all this... But he also just bought a crib next to where Kim lives so he can just be over there when he wants to. You know what I mean? Like, it's very clear where this, where his priorities are. Um, and so Julia's just a phase, and, like, soon it will kind of be over. So I think he's just using it to gain all the, the clicks and the stuff and to garner attention. Like you said, he's hyping up the album now, but that's kind of how I feel about I it. The, the song he currently has right now with, with the game where he's like, thank God I, saved, or I survived that crash so I can beat Pete, Pete Davidson's ass. I'm just like, the only person who's really walking out of this with a dub is Pete. Like his, his, I go back to what I said last week, his collection is crazy. And now his rep is through the roof. Like he's taking nothing but dubs. Like even if he's not fucking Kim K, it's like, yo, you are the goat right now. Um, and, and so actually the funny part is I was having a conversation with my boys this week. Um, and it was based off of this post I saw on TikTok that I put on my IG. And it was like. All these women are thirsting over Jack Harlow and Pete Davidson. Like, you in the gym working out, you need to re-strategize, my boy. And I was like, that's true. And then the very next week, last week, we see all these women thirsting off, off of uh, Fesco from uh, Euphoria. And I'm like, I somewhat understand Pete Davidson. I somewhat understand Jack Harlow. But you got me fucked up if I'll ever admit Fesco's attractive. Like, he is my dude on that show. <laughs> <laughs> But Fesco is an ugly nigga. Like, his hairline, I don't know who his barber is, oh, but shit. pushing his shit back is crazy. Like, that is a crazy fucking move to do on a, on a hit star, on a hit show. Um, 
it got pushed back like four inches. Like it's literally like a widow's peak now. And I'm like, who is cutting you up, dog? For the show. <laughs> <laughs> it, it it looks very spastic. Like it, it doesn't correlate with him and especially his character that he plays. Um, and, and and so for me, it's just like. Pete is going to walk away from this. And some people are going to think he's a lame, but at the end of the day, like his rep is forever secured. So he's not sweating it at all. Um, and so for me, you know, looking at that and then looking at Drake and looking at Kanye, um, there's just, it just goes back to this whole thing about selection and like weeding out the craft. Um, and, and so it's kind of funny to parallel into, you know, the Kodak situation that happened earlier this week at the Florida game. But in my opinion, I think that it goes back to the, you only fuck quality at a certain point. Like you can't keep burning your reputation. Cause no one should, the girl in that situation should have said no to Kodak. That's the, the way I look at things. Like, would you have gotten in that situation? I mean, I think in, if I'm hurt, I'm thinking about it. Like what is, what do you really have to lose? You know what I mean? You're in there with Kodak, you're, he's gonna pay you whatever. And I think since they had the video to prove that they weren't fucking, which is what everyone thought that they were doing, I kind of feel like, okay, it's really not that big of a deal. It'd be one thing if like, there was no video from his team and everyone was like, oh, y'all were really up in there doing that? Yeah. But with the, with the clarifying video, I'm kind of like, she probably got a bag for that. Yeah. This so. is the Panthers. They invited Kodak. They didn't think they could have there too, right. So. They knew what they were getting into. And so Kodak clearly got bored at some point during this game. He was watching a hockey game. Like, he cares. <laughs> <laughs> Florida inner city black boy like that that's not his vibe no. he's not going to hockey to actually watch the game he's going to have a good time yeah and shorty was like let's get lit <laughs> keep inviting Kodak places and keep ignoring like who Kodak is <laughs> expecting a different result no. <laughs> <laughs> um I, the one thing I, I do want to say though about that video is Kodak looks terrible <laughs> He looks worn out. Him and Wheezy got the same braider for their dreads. That shit looks awful. Respect to both of them, because like those are two of my fave artists. Ooh. But I'm like, dog, come on. Man. Like We got to do better than that. Um, and, and just like from his face and just the way he takes care of his skin, I want better for him. He clearly is not taking in enough water, um, which is something that needs to be addressed. Like Kodak, gallon a day. Get it in. <laughs> I'm bad at it. I usually get half a gallon, three quarters a gallon, but at least I'm, I'm trying to get it in. You look like you're doing one cup a day type type vibes. <laughs> um, and it just reminds me of, you know, something we discussed where I think in 2022, it's, it's finally time for Drake to do a skincare line. It, it's, uh, it's something that's been ignored. A lot of men have terrible, terrible hygiene. Um, I personally do an okay job, but I definitely can be better. Um, obviously, I'm going to scrub my skin better. Um, but what are your thoughts about Drake finally putting this bullshit aside with the shoe brand that he's doing with the Nike and, and finally making a splash, creating his Savage Fenty, you know, off collab type vibes? When he's ready to innovate, I think the market is ready. Uh, we got nothing on the market right now for us men looking for just that crisp, clear skin. We saw it with Kylie. We saw it with Rihanna. There's a lot of money on the table. Drake, we need it. Yeah. I think specifically when you're thinking about appealing to like people of color, like it's just the market value just shoots up. And so, yeah, I think to Jeremiah's point, whenever he's ready, it's going to be there. And I don't really know 
any other artist that I think is primed to step into that and really have the brandability and market appeal that he's going to have immediately that I would want to buy from and actually get behind. I think that two of the most marketable people in the music industry right now are him and Sweetie. And I think that with their prowess and their ability to connect to viewers, that they could easily create either collab or do their own thing with um, independent ventures. But I definitely think that it's needed. And I think that with where they're at in their careers right now, obviously Sweetie being a lot younger and, and Drake being a lot more established and kind of an industry veteran. Um, it, it's just at that point where if you do something to the market, there's a ton of value. There's a ton of innovation and creation in, in that space where you can see great returns, but I also think it would push the culture and society forward. I think, you know, having watched Drake, you know, almost in, in a month make several, several hordes of grown men carve hearts into their hairline, which to me is a horrible decision because I think you're a goof if you do it. I mean, Drake did it for an album rollout and you really tried to say you're, you know, certified lover boy and, and shout out to the fake Drake you know, still living up in, in Miami, like Certified Lover Boy didn't come out eight months ago. Um, and then Sweet, she's just someone that all the girls relate to. Like, she really made Icy Girls saying, like, the hotties, you know, are still the Meg girls and the Icy girls are, are still Sweetie girls. Um, but I think that with that kind of sway and power within your own lane, it's hard for people not to get behind you and support you and, and buy a product. And I think that if they were smart, their teams would be pushing for something, you know, with some up and coming fashion houses or, or up and coming labels to, to create something, put something on the market. Um, I definitely would, you know, appreciate a more male focused attempt at beauty supplies. Like, I don't know the best way of taking care of my skin. Like, I try my best. But when it comes to like vitamin C, moisturizer, scrubbers, like, you know, I have tougher skin than the average woman, so, like, some of the products don't really work for me, and I think that they don't have really male-focused products that they should. Um, and I think that if they were able to find someone who could kind of champion in that, I think that it would be a huge um, potential for earnings for, for everyone involved. Um, and I, I think that the, the beauty industry and the cosmetics industry is huge, and, and, and people of that magnitude can definitely carve out a lane for them in that, in that space. Yeah, no, I totally agree with you. Do you guys have a routine? Do you guys use right now? I'm a typical. I wake up, face wash. Um, I recently just got a toner. Okay. Decided to try it out. (laughs) You hit Alta for the vibes. I had to hit Alta. I was very surprised. They they immediately took me over to the section that you know you find in Target. (laughs) (laughs) That wasn't what I was looking for. The disrespect. The disrespect. It was disrespectful. I was. I looked at them. And it turned out the person that gave me to actually knew nothing about skincare. She was in the makeup department. <laughs> so they had to call back over to skincare girl. She took me over. She got me. She got you what? She got you she right. Some Clinique. <laughs> some Clinique. So I got some moisturizing gel I'm about to be trying out. <laughs> Along with an all-purpose uh, cleaner. Um, dual purpose. I have, I, I have some uh, oily skin, but also sensitive skin. Yeah. yeah. So... I need I need something that addresses not only my T zone but like other like the bottom half of my face is dry as hell but the top half of my face is oily mm-hmm. and so I'm like I can't use the same moisturizer yeah. like I can't use the same products and then because I, uh, I shave now like this gets really irritated real quickly and it dries out and especially during the winter it's super mm-hmm. fucking annoying because it's just like you step outside and every 
piece of moisture on your face is gone, lips cracked, like it's over with. Um, and I, I definitely think they need to come up with something that helps us better prepare for the future. Because like sometimes I go out and I'm like, yo, women really sleep with these dudes. Like this nigga mm-hmm. is dry. <laughs> <laughs> It's funny, I had an ex. She actually got me hip to the importance of skincare. She was so enthusiastic about the, just the fact that it matters when you start mm-hmm. because the earlier you start, you help uh, prevent the aging process. So yeah. anybody who's trying to look good, when it doesn't really matter now. Yeah, we're always going to look like fine right now. But when we're 60, when that now matters. Yeah. Start getting right now. Consistency. Consistency. I mean, black don't crack, but you could you could help the process. You know what I'm saying? Like, don't you want to glow? Yeah. Yeah. I think of your skin of like uh, I I love when I think of consistency. Consistency. I think of like a pull up jumper and hoops. Like if you take care of your skin now, like it's like the pull up jumper and hoops because the older you get in basketball, if you have a solid jump shot, it doesn't matter how old you get, as long as you can hit that mid range, you get money in the league. So take care of your skin. Hairline might go. You might put on a couple LBs later in life, but your skin looks good, your teeth look good, your eyes look good. People notice your face first before they notice your body. Um, and so I always tell people, like, just take care of yourself and you'll glow later in life. Just lessons in the game, but people need to, they need to start that now. And I think, you know, Drake 2022 for the, the campaign for, for makeup, I'll be the first one to put an order in because I definitely was rocking with um, Rihanna with the, the Fenty Savage. I got the Fenty Savage underwear. Yeah. Had to had to show out, you know, bad little teens. <laughs> like to see the, the, the logo when, they, when I pull it down. <laughs> it's about to become a skincare pod. Yeah. <laughs> we start a TikTok, skincare pod, a couple of videos a week. We start getting some endorsements. Next thing you know, it's easy. Like, damn, these are the, the niggas. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And it really will go like that. But uh, one thing that uh, that this week has shown me is is kind of backing off of, you know, something we talked about last week on the podcast, but just being black in corporate America. And uh, just for the viewers now, we have the, the TV in the background as we watch the Cincinnati Bengals play the Raiders. Um, but at the end of this week, uh, Mike Tomlin very likely will be leaving the playoffs um, and people will scrutinize his job all off season. Um, and so, so one thing that we were discussing was just the lack of opportunities within the NFL are very reflective of the general landscape for, for the workforce. Um, and, and the fact that Michael Tomlin is going into today's, is it tomorrow or today's game? Tomorrow. Tomorrow's game. He's going into tomorrow's game as the only black coach in the NFL, which I think is an absolute farce. Um, and, and so it's just for me, it's, it's ridiculous to see someone of that magnitude be the only face in the league for, for people like us, especially in a very, very minority dominant league. And I was just wondering what your, your thoughts were on, you know, how that has affected the development of the game, you know, opportunities for people to sort of branch off. Um, and, and one of the things I always look at is this, you know, in the NBA right now is the whole analytics bullshit. Um, a lot of people who are, you know, there's a difference between the eye test and analytics and like, People who generally lean on analytics are white, like, let's be honest. And the people who are usually getting jobs in those spaces are white. And so it's just very unfortunate to see a space that we all grew up in because that was an outlet for us to play sports now sort of be whitewashed as we get older. To the first question about uh, the NFL coaches, I mean, I think uh, John Thompson said it best. Black coaches just want the same opportunity to fail as white coaches. Seeing David Cooley get fired after this year the fact that Jim Caldwell still doesn't have a job, 
Uh, it's egregious. Even Lovey Smith performed, and he was booted from Tampa Bay as soon as they felt like they had a better opportunity in Bruce Arians. It's it's tough. Um, obviously, I, I was as a fan of Jim Caldwell. I still think he should be in the league. Um, I think the situation with Collie and the Texans was mis- uh, is unfortunate. Um, I think he wasn't given ample time with a solid team to perform, and I don't really think they have the appeal right now to bring anyone with a certain pedigree or experience to do a better job than him. Um, and so for him to go four and thirteen with a very dysfunctional um, below the pack, below the middle of the pack team. Um, is very commendable given, you know, rookie QB injuries to the squad, um, a, a GM who has done a terrible job of maintaining the roster. Um, it's unfortunate that he had to be exposed to that, and, and I wish him the best in his next endeavor because I do think he'll be able to find a job in the NFL. It's just unfortunate that you know we'll probably struggle to see him being a head coach anywhere. Um, but it, it, it's it's something that we've seen happen for years and years, and then we have to convincingly. Talk about bullshit like the Rooney Rule. Like the Rooney Rule hasn't influenced or changed the landscape for people. There's still a lack of opportunities for them to break into these spaces and make change and, 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 and as you said, have the opportunity to fail. Yeah, I mean, I think to go back to your first point as well, I mean, it's definitely hurt the credibility of the game, but I think when you look at the NFL, that's the sport where it's the least surprising, unfortunately, I would say. Um, just kind of what we know about the mentality of ownership and the way that they perceive the personnel that work for them and that play for them. You know, I guess working for them, same thing. Um, but I agree. I mean, the fact that Mike Tomlin is, people can be talking about his job when he's never had a losing season and is one of the most winningest coaches in pro football history is just laughable um, when you think about people that do get to keep their jobs with how poorly they perform. Um, like every coach for the Giants in the last six years. Yeah. I mean, right? Like crazy stuff. Poor decision-making, just all of it. Oh, I'm just hopeful that, and you, and, you, and you think about what's going on with um, dude who just got fired in Miami. Oh, yeah, uh, Brian Flores. With Brian Flores, and like the fact, with, even how do you go on an eight-game winning streak, get your team in playoff contention, and then you get fired after that, right? Um, and so, again, you have to be, as a black person, right, you have to be twice as good to get half as much. So you can be, you can win, you can build a locker room, you can do all the things they said you couldn't do, but, you know, just not well enough for them to kind of give you ample opportunity. So, like, I'm hopeful that, there's a shift that's come over the past year and a half that really enables that change moving forward, even if it's gradual. Um, but I think that this slate of coaching hires will be really telling. Um, and, you know, despite the fact I want to be optimistic, I think we know how those are going to go. But I hope that Flores gets a job. I hope that, like you said, dude from the Texans, I hope that he gets an opportunity as well. Um, you know, and we can just take a step in the right direction. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm big on growth and, and being – open with feedback and reflective. Um, I think that's most one of two of the most important things in life. Um, and so I, I don't really enjoy watching, you know, people who are at the top of their field be, you know, mistreated in, in that way. And I think that it's tough for us as young professionals to see that because it kind of puts a negative damper dampener on our, our prospects within our field because we're seeing people who, who do succeed and do put the hard work in and do put the hours in and to go into work and be told, you just work hard and, and do your job and, and put the time and you'll be made. Da, da, da. And I'm like, is it, is it though? Like it's, it's hard for me to envision the payoff when I haven't seen someone achieve that um, before me. And so it's a, it's a tough pill to swallow, but something that, you know, comes in time and, and you, you do have to have open dialogue with, you know, those around you. Um, and, and in that light, 
I wanted to have, you know, a quick chat before we hang off. We are going to do a short pod, you know, before getting Max back next week. And so one of the things I wanted to talk about were two things that we've um, never really broken down, but one of them being just the ability to tell your boy something sucks and it's not good or, you know, being holding your homies accountable. And I think that's something as men we do a terrible job of. Um, we were discussing the Roddy Rich album earlier um, in the week, and we all share similar sentiments about the fact that we don't think it's the best piece of work he's put out, given the quality he put into his first album. And so um, the thing we always talk about with entertainers and, and rappers is who in the room is willing to say, hey, like, this might not be it. Like, do you guys think you do a good job of holding those around you accountable? Definitely do. I think my delivery isn't at times the best. I'll definitely tell people how I feel, uh, how I feel about their product. Um, music, especially, I think it's so sensitive because it's such an intense creative process, so personal to a person, to an artist, that when you have a criticism, they can take it extremely personally. They can feel like it's an attack on them. Uh, I've seen that countless times. And it's possible that, you know, we don't know Roddy's situation. Maybe he does have yes men in the room. Um, maybe he just is a little more stubborn and didn't want to take any uh, outside counsel. But like you said, it is so critical for an artist to have a, a, at least a, a tight-knit circle of people that they can trust, that they can really bounce ideas off of them. Since it is so difficult during the exploration process um, as a developing artist like Roddy, this is only a second uh, major album. He needs that uh, kind of developmental circle to, to help direct him into the future of his career. Yeah, I mean, I think that the... Like you said, that the album was definitely... Uh, and I think when it comes to holding my friends accountable, I mean, I do have friends that aspire to be creative, and I think that there's an important distinction between being a creative and being good at that and wanting to be one. Um, but I do, at times, not give that feedback because I don't want to be perceived as a bad friend. I think that that's something that I'm very mindful of when it comes to wanting to build my friends up. Um, and you know, there have been a couple times where photos or recordings have gone in the group chat and I'm like, damn, like, I'm not really fucking with this at all. <laughs> um, or, you know, I'll get a DM that's like, yo, like repost this for me. And I'm like, damn, bro. Like I fuck with you heavy. Like you're my boy. But, you know, I'm not really fucking with whatever this thing is that you're putting together. And I don't necessarily want to say that cause I don't want you to me to be perceived as hating. Cause at the end of the day, I'm proud of you for pursuing that. Like that, because that takes a lot of courage within itself, and I want to give you kudos for doing that. Even if I don't fuck with it, like you got people that do, you know what I mean? But yeah, I think we need to be more honest about accountability in general, um, you know, there are, and which in a lot more important ways than just, you know, the ways we're talking about right now. But yeah, I'm trying to be better about that because at the end of the day, I think you need to be giving that honest feedback. You feel hypocritical when you give like accountability feedback to people? Yes and no, just in the sense that. Um, I try to, to be the best version of me and obviously I'm human and I have flaws and, and I fail in certain areas, but at the end of the day, it's not something I have to reflect on myself. Um, I'm trying to help the other person grow and I hope they would do the same. And I think the, the most difficult part about concept of accountability is the selflessness that goes into it. It's not really about you. It's about the other person. It's about trying to help them grow as a person, you know, get the best outcome possible. And it's kind of the way I look at therapy where like, there's a lot of people who go to therapy but don't do the work. Um, and I think that's similar to accountability in the sense that, like, a lot of people want to, like, say they're a good person but don't want to be – they don't want to do the work to be a good person. I think accountability goes into that. Um, I, I definitely think that 
I, you know, and similar to you, I'm not the best at talking. And I've seen that, you know, facilitated in multiple aspects of my life where people try to have very honest person-to-person conversations with me. And I try and tell them the most authentic and concise saying or statement or explanation. And sometimes things get lost in communication, not because... You know, I'm an emotional person or whatever it may be. It's just like, I don't know how to put this in a way that we can move forward and have a productive conversation. Like sometimes like, I believe in, you know, right message, wrong messenger. And I also believe in the fact that like, not everything you say is going to come out, come across correctly, but it's better to say something than not say something at all. And that that's kind of my answer is like, at the end of the day, like there are going to be people who are against what you are about and you're going to have to do that anyway, because that's what you are about. Like at the end of the day. I mean, it is what it is. Um, and I just think that for us as men, like it's our responsibility to ch- kind of push that along and, 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 and get what we want out of situations, um, which, which actually reminds me, um, you know, I was talking to my boys earlier this week. We're trying to plan a trip for my birthday because we travel for all our birthdays. Um, and so we're thinking about doing an all-inclusive stay at a resort um, in a ver- one of the Virgin Islands we haven't decided yet if you guys want to go it'll be in June yeah let me know get the passport ready we're yeah. trying to get like 10 of us we'll yeah, vibe you know Look, next question we out we here we'll vibe we in there uh, anyone of any of my homies listening out there hit me if you've uh, you've been to my you know annual B-Day bash for the last three years um, we will be going even harder this year but the one thing that you know kind of like reminded me of is like as a man, you kind of feel weird being proud or celebratory about your birthday. And I, I kind of am curious about two things in regards to that. But, you know, what is your favorite birthday memory, um, the two of you? And then do you think that people do a good job of celebrating men's birthdays? I'd say first, um, best memory was actually probably my 25th birthday, um, which was this most recent birthday. And I think that was because I had a lot of different people in my life in Chicago to celebrate me and to celebrate with me, which I really appreciated. Homies that came from, you know, California on the West Coast, DC on the East Coast, um, from Texas, and there was people that I really care about in Chicago that got to meet people that I really care about from other aspects of my life. So I appreciated them being together and getting along, which added to me being able to celebrate turning 25, especially, you know, as a, as a black man in America, that's a blessing. So, you know, grateful to make it to a quarter century. When I think, when I think about do we do a good enough job of celebrating birthdays? No. I feel like there's, there's just this weird dynamic when it comes to guys putting effort into their birthdays and planning things versus, you know, women are incredibly thoughtful and will go above and beyond for their girlfriends to celebrate their birthdays. And, you know, as men, we kind of, at times, we'll do the bare minimum. And to be honest with you, like, I think it's a longer conversation because I'm not always sure why that is, whether it's association with really showing your brother that you love them and that you appreciate them and that they deserve to be celebrated because um, that's a toxic masculinity thing or, you know, whatever. But I think we do a poor job and I think we can do a better job. And so I love Franklin hearing and having learned that you take trips with your boys every year because that's something that's incredibly special, um, you know, and, and each year has its own unique element to it. Definitely something I'm going to implement. Um, I think birthdays to me were definitely more meaningful as a kid with family. Uh, as I've grown older, it's kind of like... Uh, a motivational like uh, pillar for me so I, I need to get more in tune with celebrating my birthday that's something I've definitely lacked definitely view it as something to um, 
strive for like working like okay so now it's a benchmark i'm now 26 years old i just recently turned 26 what am i going to do this year how am i going to be better than i was 25 24 um i just look at birthdays in the sense that like we are currently in a pandemic where we have to take a higher value into life um for those who were around me in 2021 know like 2021 was one of the worst years if not the worst year of my life and there's a lot of you know deep reflection on the concept of mortality um my mom had her tumors removed my dad almost died this year i had four friends die this year i had a ton of other things going on in my personal life that i had to deal with and so when i go to my birthdays i look at it as time for me to celebrate and appreciate everything i've gone through since my last birthday and now that we're getting older and we're starting to deal with stress from work and relationships and everything that's going on, like I have a lot of friends that no longer live within a close proximity to me. So I look at it as like a potential opportunity for me to reconnect with people that I don't see on a regular basis during the year. And then more importantly, to celebrate the fact that I got through another year. Like people look at that with New Year's, but I'm not a really big New Year's Eve person. And I think that with your birthday, it's something that you kind of curate the vibes for. You kind of take control of what you want out of this celebration of life. Um, and, and I'm a firm believer in the fact that, you know, I didn't ask to be born. My parents kind of just made the most selfish decision ever and had unprotected sex and here I am. <laughs> and now I kind of have to like figure out how I can live on this earth as long as possible and be happy while I do it. And so one of the things that makes me happy is being surrounded by some of my closest friends, a couple of drinks and a good time. Um, and so that's something that I want to look forward to each year. And so every fall, winter, and spring, all I can think about is the summer because I can you know, go back to celebrating my birthday. Um, I did Miami, or I did not Miami, I did Vegas last year. I did a, you know, 18-person villa in 2020, I believe, um, for my birthday, and that was when I was with my ex, and so, you know, I went up to the cabins in, in Michigan and had a great time with my friends, and it was kind of like a date party vibe, where everyone brought the girl they were with at the time. And we did like beer Olympics and stuff. Um, and then the, the year before that, um, I went to Pittsburgh and had a great time with my boys. It was just terrible. And uh, those memories are unforgettable to me. And shout out Scott, if he listens to this episode, which he probably will, but he's been the MVP of two of my birthday parties. Um, shout out him for last year. You know, He said he didn't have sex with her, but he was definitely fucking his chicken pool in Vegas. And it, the video of the, one of the bouncers afterwards, it was like, Big girl makes tsunami in the pool. He was just that. I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was so funny. I'll show you guys after we're done recording. But it was one of the funniest videos of my entire life because he uh, he's always been solid about making my birthdays memorable, and I appreciate him and, and shout him out. I hope he has a great week at work this week. Um, but um, I just wanted to say thank you guys to everyone that listened today. And did you guys have any final remarks before we hop off? Definitely thank you. Give feedback. Here. Uh, I want to hear what topics you guys want us to, to cover more of. Yeah, I, I did get the, the report back from some women that do listen to our podcast and would like less sports. Yeah, makes sense. If you guys, um, and you guys know I'm open to feedback. So if you guys hear anything during the week that you want me to touch on, please DM me um, before Saturdays. And I will try and incorporate it into our yeah. podcast because I'm always open to feedback and reflection. Yeah. All right, guys. Um, have a great week. And remember to stay authentic this week. Thanks.